If you're deadlifting to be a better deadlifter, fine. If you're not, then don't fucking do it. The risk to reward ratio is a joke. Well, hello. Welcome to the Low Back Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Grant Elliott, and I'm going to respond to that. This is episode 80, where I'm going to reply to Robert Oberst's statement about how you should stop deadlifting because of the risk to reward ratio. What do I think? Let's get into it. But first... If you have not joined my private Facebook group called Rehab Fix Low Back Program, you need to go join, especially from today's episode, because in this group, I have a free sciatica guide and I have a free deadlift lower body warm up that I personally use to deadlift over 500 pounds every single week that I've done over the last four years. And there's additional low back guides and movement guides and strength guides to resolve sciatica, disc herniations, and low back pain in this group. So you can get back to living your life pain-free. So go join their group. Now, I'm going to go through this quick clip from the Joe Rogan podcast where Robert Oberst claims that deadlifts just have too high of a risk to reward ratio and how people shouldn't be doing them. And I'm going to break it down for you, my thoughts as we go through it because it's really important to get the right information out there and really big names and really big podcasts can sometimes have the potential to do the opposite. So let's get right into it step-by-step and go over this. Quick little tip, deadlifts. If you're if you're deadlifting to be a better deadlifter, fine. If you're not doing that for deadlift's sake, then don't fucking do it. Okay, first off, if you want to deadlift to be a good deadlifter, then fine. All right, that applies to any profession, right? If you want to play football to be a good football player, then fine. If you want to play soccer to be a soccer player, fine. All these things have risk-to-reward ratios, right? But the way he says, don't deadlift for deadlift's sake. Well, what if you're just deadlifting for health's sake? Just something to keep in mind. I'm going to get into some of these specifics as we go. The risk-to-reward ratio is a joke. For deadlifts? For deadlifts. Really? And a lot of people aren't going to like that I'm saying that. But if you go into any NFL uh, gym, in any Division One college football gym, in any athletics where people are actually getting paid and it matters what they're doing, they're not deadlifting. Really? They're hand cleaning and power cleaning. Let's talk about that real quick. We're discussing the topic of deadlifts. But then now we're intermixing completely different classifications of human beings, okay? We're discussing top-level athletes who make money by being able to perform and how a totally normal regular exercise might apply to the other 99% of the population, okay? This is a really important note, We don't want to take how an exercise applies to 1% of the population because they're a unique set of the population and apply that to the other 99%. Not fair, not applicable, not the same. Of course, they're not going to be having, you know, quarterbacks max deadlifting every single week. It doesn't apply to their job. And the connotation that Robert is using here is using maximum weight. Deadlifting heavy, deadlifting hard, right? We don't see these, you know, NFL athletes deadlifting hard. That's what he's referencing. Of of course you don't. Well, you you still do see some. I mean, there are obviously some athletes who are in there still deadlifting. But of course, they're doing more explosive-based movements because that's what applies to their sport, right? They need to be able to move fast. They need to be able to jump well. They need to be able to move quick and, and, and have agility and balance and, 
in coordination, all these other things. Of course, they're not going to be doing deadlifts, right? It, it, it doesn't really relate that much to what they do. So it's not a fair comparison to say, hey, they're not doing deadlifts because they know better, because they know deadlifts will hurt you. No, they're not doing deadlifts because they will get more out of their training by focusing on other things. It's really simple. A baseball player isn't going to do like soccer drills to get better at baseball. They're going to do baseball drills. All right. Let's continue. Why is that? Because the the risk to reward ratio, like there's, it's so hard to be a great deadlifter and to not risk your low back and oh. to, to be using your upper back properly. And, you know, just there's so many little uh, um, chances for you to get hurt. Okay. Once again, he's saying it's hard to be a great deadlifter. Well, what does that mean? What does a great deadlifter mean? I think I'm decent at deadlifts. I'm pulling, I'm pulling pretty good stuff right? He's referencing topply athletes. He's, he's referencing the smaller percentage of, of individuals. Okay. When you're making a broad statement, it has to apply to the majority. Majority of the people out there who are listening to this or who want to get into lifting, they're just wanting to be healthy. They're wanting to have strong bones, strong muscles, strong spines. They're not in this to try to be a great deadlifter. Okay, it doesn't apply to them. Like, this is a very, 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 very small percentage of the population. The The main point that you're going to get from this podcast is context. Context is the main thing here. This this is what's important. To be using your upper back properly and, you know, just there's so many little uh, um, chances for you to get hurt, you know, hamstrings, deadlifts. That was, that was me, uh, my first World's Strongest Man. Uh, I was the only rookie in the finals. Bro. China. <laughs> How much yeah. weight is that? That was 880 pounds, 400 uh, kilos. Okay, exactly. 880 pounds, 400 kilos, okay? He's using his population as the reference point. It's not fair. His perspective are giants trying to deadlift 800 plus pounds for the sake of a competition. That's his reference point. This is like saying, hey, dude, don't eat donuts. Risk to reward ratio, just not there. Well, for that individual that you just made that comment to, what's their body weight? What's their blood work? What's their activity level? How many donuts are they eating? (laughs) How frequently? Right? These things matter. The same thing goes for deadlifts. Don't deadlift the risk to reward ratio. Well, who are you talking to? Are you talking to the average individual who just wants to feel strong and is trying to just deadlift their body weight off the ground? I'd hope not, right? We should all be able to deadlift like our body weight off the ground. Like that's not really a big deal or at least, you know, close to that. Being able to deadlift something off the ground just means you're able to hinge, you're able to use your hips well, you probably have strong hamstrings, you probably have strong glutes and you probably have a strong low back. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. You can't make a broad statement that's addressing an extremely large population by using yourself in a very, very, very few number of human beings on the planet as your reference point. Because what Robert's probably seeing is himself just crushing himself, 
trying to get the best deadlift he possibly could when, you know, during this time, of course, and seeing everybody else do the same, just pushing to their absolute limits for the sake of fame and money and sponsors and all these things, which is totally important. It's their job, right? Totally get it. But you can't say, yeah, man, just way too risky. No one should do that. Uh, no, everybody should deadlift. The, the correct response is everybody should deadlift. Everyone should feel strong. Deadlifting and squatting is a fundamental movement. It's fundamental. No one should not be able to do this. Deadlifts are not risky. If you're pushing them to the extreme like Robert Oberst is and like all of the people at his level, then it might be a different answer, right? That goes with anything. Might be a different answer. I wouldn't tell someone, hey man, don't eat hot dogs, risk to reward ratio, but then you look at a competitive eater trying to eat 60 hot dogs in, you know, 20 minutes or something or whatever it is, different story, right? There's a risk to reward ratio at the extreme of whatever you're doing. There's a risk to reward ratio of eating hot dogs if you're trying to eat a massive amount in a short period of time. If you're having one hot dog a week, probably not a real risk to reward ratio. You see what I mean? The context, the context is everything. There's someone out there that was listening to this podcast and they're, you know, thinking, man, my, my, my low back's been stiff. I feel like my glutes are weak and, and I want to get back in the gym and I want to feel strong. I want to feel like I can pick my child off the ground. I want to feel like I can pick the groceries off the ground. I want to feel like if, uh, if I need to move my, or move some furniture, help a friend move furniture, I want to feel like I can do that. And then they hear, don't do deadlifts, risk to reward ratio. They go, oh my God, well, I'm not going to do deadlifts. But then how am I going to do all these other things? How am I going to pick my kid off the ground? How am I going to move furniture? How am I going to do these things that I want to be able to do? Well, I can't train for that because I can't do deadlifts because the risk to reward ratio. You see what I mean? You see the problem here? We can't paint with a broad stroke to this degree. This is way too broad of a stroke. In my program, it is literally mandatory that everybody is barbell deadlifting by the halfway point of the program. Most of our clients with chronic debilitating sciatica, disc issues, most of them are majority pain-free at the halfway point and deadlifting and squatting with a barbell. Like almost all of them. It's mandatory. People do not graduate my program unless they're barbell deadlifting and barbell squatting. It is fundamental to feeling strong, to feeling confident, and to knowing that you have a healthy spine again. We're not telling people to go try to deadlift 400 kilos and eat 10,000 calories every day and to push themselves to the max and try to set records. It's a completely different reference point, a completely different reference point. So I understand where Robert is coming from. I'm not dogging on him or trying to say, you know, you, no, you're, you're wrong, you're wrong. In his context, right, in his context where his mind was, he might not be all that wrong. Like I can understand where he's coming from. But to say that as a broad statement is absolutely incorrect. We need to apply context. Context must be set so that people understand where you're coming from. So if he had said, hey, you know what, Joe? What I found is that by trying to deadlift 800 plus pounds, throughout a career and push and push and push and push. I was seeing people who are pushing those limits who are getting injured. And so I realized I don't need to lift that heavy because it's just not worth it to me. Totally true. Totally true. 
And then he could follow that up with saying, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with deadlifting. Deadlifting is a completely healthy thing to do. It's a completely normal movement. We deadlift every single day, whether we like it or not, when we pick anything off the ground. So it's important to have some fundamental strength with that. But it doesn't mean you have to be pushing maximum weights every single week trying to set records. So for those people, no problem. But for those of you out there who are maybe thinking about trying to make a living off of maximum deadlifting and maximum lifting in general, maybe you might think about the risk to, to the reward ratio of doing that as a career or as a serious pursuit. That would have been a proper response. That would have been a response that provided context so that the listener or the viewer would have understood, oh, okay, I get where he's coming from. I'm not that population. I'm going to keep deadlifting because they make me feel great. They make me feel confident. They make me feel alive. I know I feel alive when I'm deadlifting. And like I said, I've been deadlifting over 500 pounds every single week for four years straight. And I've been able to keep my body totally healthy doing that by using the right techniques, by using the right load management, by warming up the right way, preparing my hips, preparing my low back, preparing my core, which I show in my private Facebook group, which you need to join, Rehab Fix Low Back Program. And I teach others how to do this around the world as well. So many people are afraid of deadlifting because of their spine. We don't want people to be afraid of this. We want people to feel empowered to do this. I want anyone out there to feel like, hey, you know what? At one point in my life, I felt like I couldn't trust my low back. I had pain. I felt like I couldn't pick things up. But now, I can pull 100 pounds off the ground. And I have no fear doing it. I have no pain doing it. I am back. I feel good. I feel like I can trust myself again. That's where we want people to be. We don't want people to be afraid of these movements. This is how the stigma of things like deadlifts become created. Oh yeah, don't deadlift. It's bad for your back. Don't, don't squat low. Don't let your knees go over your toes. It's bad for your knees, right? Don't run. It's bad for your ankles. Like This is where these harmful stigmas come from that are perpetuated by really, really broad strokes like this that might apply in some situations to the 1%. But the 99% of people should be squatting with their knees over the toes, should be running, should be deadlifting. It's part of life and we should be strong at it. So I hope that this podcast was helpful. I hope this episode was helpful to shine some light on this comment and this context and deadlifts as a whole and how if you're afraid of deadlifts, if you can't deadlift because of back pain, if you can't deadlift because of sciatica, avoiding this is not a solution. You need to resolve the root of the issue, which we can help you with. We help people around the world accurately identify how to immediately reduce their sciatica disc herniation symptoms through our centralization process. Typically see 37% improvement within five minutes during our assessment. And then once we get rid of your symptoms, reduce your pain, improve your range of motion, now let's go deadlift. Let's go get you strong again. Let's get you confident. Let's get you feeling the way that you want to feel for the rest of your lives, not fearing movement and feeling capable and confident in yourself. Without that worry on your mind, being afraid of what to do, what it's gonna feel like or how you're gonna feel the next day. So let's spread this word. Let's get it out there. If you know of someone who might benefit from this episode, please share it with them so we can help many, many others out there find the proper help that they deserve. And if you are looking for help and you're tired of spinning your tires and you feel like you're on a merry-go-round, not getting the right answers, let me help you. Let my team help you. This is literally what we do online with people around the world. We help them resolve their lower back issues one-on-one. -on -one. 
We give you a ton of attention and work with you as a team so that you're seeing consistent progress every week and you're learning how to fix it yourself so that you can maintain the changes long-term. That's the most important thing. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, please leave a five-star rating and review to help grow the podcast. As always, move more, move in nature, move in the sun. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.